Hi guys, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. We try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you can find the podcast on YouTube. Uh, you can watch the video portion there. And you can also find the podcast anywhere that you can get your podcast. And we're so thankful uh, for the shares, for the likes. And we ask that you continue to do that so that we can continue to help as many people as we can uh, with the scripture and the things that they're going through in their lives. All right, so today's podcast... If you saw it on um, on social media, uh, some of the, the the titles of the podcast maybe it didn't make sense, but I think it will as we study today. So the title of the podcast today is "This is the Last Dance." This is the last dance. But what does that even mean? So there was a documentary done probably about a year ago now, and it was done on Michael Jordan, and it was done on that last season with the Chicago Bulls and the, the, the title of the documentary was the last dance. And so why was it called that? So if you don't know anything about basketball, like literally if you just don't know anything at all, the Chicago Bulls had just won their fifth championship, right? Fifth, right? So things were going well, right? The, the city was celebrating, the players were celebrating, the coaches were celebrating, everything was great, right? So then that summer, before the next season started, uh, management came in and talked to the head coach. And they told the head coach, hey, so we're going to blow this whole thing up. And if you don't know what that means, basically we want to start over. You know, everybody's getting older. We just want to start over. And so you're, what are you talking about you want to start over? We just won. He said, no, we want to start over. And they literally told the head coach, you could go 72-0 and and we'll still blow it up. So the coach, I mean, obviously, what do you say to that? Why you just helped this organization win all these championships, and now they want to they want to kick you out the door? And so what what Coach Phil Jackson does, he gets a sheet, and he writes on that sheet, "This is the last dance," and he gives it to all the players. And so imagine for just for a second though, imagine how hard it would be, knowing the blood, the sweat, and the tears that you had given to a specific organization and to know that this is your last year to do everything. And so that got me thinking, right? As I, as I was driving on the road and kind of meditating on some stuff, this got me thinking, what if that happened to you? Right? So think about, think about school for you. Think about your place of employment, right? Think about all these things. Maybe, maybe what if God himself, what if God himself told you, Hey, this is it. Wherever you are right now, this is it for you. This this is your last year. This is the last dance. How would you respond? How would you respond to knowing from the jump? It's not like you found out or somebody told you or, you know, you were just kicked out. I mean, you know from the jump, this is it for you. This is it. This this is the last year. So so how do you respond to that? That's why we entitled this one this hey man, this is the last dance. So as we look at this, I want to look at a couple of examples through Scripture because there's a lot of similarities here as we study the Bible together. And maybe this can help you out and uh, encourage you, but also to reforge you and strengthen you as well. So if this was it for you, right, where, wherever you are, if this was it, what would be tested? And that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at a, a few things that will be tested about you. So here's a few tests. And if you're taking notes, here's kind of the, here's the first one. 
if this is the last dance, wherever you are, here's one thing that I think would be tested. Your motivation. Your motivation would be tested. So let, let's think about this for a second. How motivated would you be for an entire year knowing that wherever you are, they don't want you anymore? Think about, think about the, the self-motivation that would have to continuously drive you every day. Because again, who else is, why would someone who doesn't want you, why would they motivate you? So who do you have to rely on now? You've got self-motivation. And so when you think about this, here's an example. Look at Daniel chapter one. Daniel chapter one. And um, I want to notice verse number eight. But as you guys are turning there, and again, open up your Bibles with us so we can go back and, and you can study and you can take these notes and you can, you, you can do your own study as well. But as you're turning there to Daniel chapter one, remember Daniel was taken into Babylonian captivity. So now he's taken away from his homeland unto a new land that he, he knows nothing about. And so he's, he's indoctrinated with the Babylonian culture because they change his name. So if you're there in the text in Daniel 1, uh, notice, let's begin in verse uh, number 6. So among these were the children of Judah. Now notice what their, their names were before. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave them names, he gave Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, Hananiah, the name of Shadrach, Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. So now they're in a, they're in a new place. Now their name changes. Now notice, what's going to motivate Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Daniel, Mishael, and Azariah? What's going to motivate them to keep living for the Lord, to keep doing the right things, to keep serving the God that was always there for them in Judah? How would they continuously be motivated even though they're taken away from their homeland? How... How is the, How are they going to be motivated? Notice verse number eight. But Daniel purpose in his heart. So if you're taking notes here, I want you to write down this definition. The word purpose there in the text there in Daniel, the word purpose means to determine or to give holy work. And holy is W-H-O-L-L-Y. Give holy to the work. So here's the question for us. What if wherever you are, this is it? This is the last dance. Think about think about Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They understood we're not going home again. They understood that. So now since I know I'm not going home again, what's going to motivate me to keep living for God just like I was at home? Daniel purpose in his heart. So here's the question for you and I that we need to answer for us. As a Christian person, if you were in this situation, and even if you're in a different situation, just think about this question. Can you still work and do what you're supposed to do when conditions aren't right for you? Can you still work and can you still do what you're supposed to do when conditions aren't right for you. You know, it's sad to see, you know, and, and especially, um, you know, with with people I've come in contact with 
it's so tough to see those people that always wait for things to be perfect before they can they before they can move before they can start changing their lives before they can start doing what the Lord wants them to do they're kind of waiting for the situation to change you know when you think about it can you still be effective even when conditions are hard and i think what the, what daniel proved to us here in chapter 1 this is the true test of your motivation so Notice Daniel and his friends, the test was, you're never going back home again. Knowing that, and knowing that you have to adopt this culture, notice what they were trying to do to these boys. They were trying to break them down mentally to try to make them forget who they were. Let me change your name. Let me change your name. And let me uh, change your name to uh, anything that worship Baal. And let me indoctrinate you anything out of the name of God. But did that stop them? So here's my question for you then. What have you allowed to stop you that's around you? You know, sometimes we can just, we can look at what's going on around us. And because the conditions aren't right, then we feel, we feel like, well, we can't, we can't purpose in our heart to still do the right thing. That that's, that's the total opposite of what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. And so look at what Daniel was able to do. He purposed within himself. So if this is your last dance, the one thing that you got to have is self-motivation, but also you have to have a certain type of love for God that no matter what happens, I'm going to purpose in my heart that I'm still going to do what he wants me to do. That's the true test to see if you're really motivated to serve God for the right reasons. And all of us at some point in our lives, we're all going to be tested in that way. And you'll you'll know it when it comes. Trust me. You'll know it when it comes. And for these boys in Daniel 1, they knew this is it. This is the time. So now we have Daniel here. His motivation was tested, but he purposed in his heart to do the right thing. But now look at it, look at another example. Look at um uh Nehemiah. Yeah, that's where I'm going to go. Nehemiah chapter 4, <clears throat> Nehemiah 4, and I want you guys to look at verses um, 7 and 8. So here's the thing about Nehemiah. So Nehemiah understands that the walls were broken down and the walls need to be rebuilt. So now he's doing all this. He's doing a good work. He's doing everything that the Lord wants him to do. But notice what comes into his way. Nehemiah chapter 4. Uh, beginning in verse number seven. The text says this, but it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up, that the breaches began to be stopped, they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. So now let's go back to the Chicago example. Guys, we're building this wall. Every year for the past five years, all we've done is one. We're building, we're building, we're building, we're building. And then management comes and say, no, let's blow it up. That's enough. That's enough. So think about it. Think about what's happening with Nehemiah. He's in the same situation. Nehemiah is saying, I'm building this wall. I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do. I'm building. 
And the text says in verse 8, they conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Here's, here's a lesson that the, that the scriptures teaches, and even the Chicago Bulls through that secular example. Sometimes when people see you building, when they see you building something, and when they see the vision actually working, because they're not a part of the vision, and because they don't agree with the vision, they're going to do everything in their power, them and their group of people, they're going to do everything they can to stop you from building. You know, some people in your life, they're angry at you because they're not you. They're also angry at you because you're building and they're not. So notice, what are Sam Ballard and Tobiah doing? They're not building anything. You know, in the words of, uh, in the words of my buddy Sam Lawrence, they're not building Jack. So what are they doing? So if you're not building, what's the one thing you can do? All you can do is just tear down somebody else. That's your only option. So now what they're doing is they're conspiring and to fight against Jerusalem, and then they're trying to hinder it. So here's the thing about it, guys, as we, as we talk about this in Nehemiah 4 and Daniel 1. Even when things are tough, you're always going to face opposition. But just because you're winning and things are going well, you'll still face opposition. So the thing about it is, no matter where you are right now, opposition is going to come. Adversity is going to come. But here's the, here's the thing about it. No matter where you are, can you outlast the adversity? We all have obstacles. We all have a- adversity. But the ones who make it are the ones who last longer than the adversity. Think about, let's go back to Daniel 1. Daniel and his friends, they were never going to go back home. Imagine, this was their last dance. Can you imagine being carried off and looking back at where you grew up and say, I'll never see that again. This is it. Imagine how that would break your spirit. But Daniel, even though his spirit was broken, I'm still going to do the right thing. That's overcoming and outlasting adversity. Nehemiah. God said, go rebuild the walls. I'll rebuild the walls. As I'm rebuilding every day, I have people making fun of me and not believing that I can really build this. But notice what Nehemiah did. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would keep doing the right thing, right? So let's see how Nehemiah responded to the adversity. Verse 9, nevertheless, that's the first word, isn't it? You know, sometimes, no matter what happens in your life, no matter what happens to you, sometimes as you as you kind of have these self-conversations to yourself, you got to say, nevertheless, I'm still going to do what's right. So notice what the text says. Nevertheless, despite verse 7, despite verse 8, we still made our prayer unto God, and we set a watch against them day and night because of them so think about think about the 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 motivation that was tested for nehemiah the motivation that was tested for daniel and they understood this is the last dance could you do that right now wherever you are this is it this is the last dance but knowing that 
could you still have the right motivation and do the right thing? You know, before we go to our next point, I saw a quote the other day and it, it talked about overcoming adversity. And sometimes uh, things will get tough. And, but it mentioned in the quote, a winner or someone who overcomes adversity, a winner is just a loser who just tried one more time. So so think about think about Daniel and think about Nehemiah. Both of them face adversity. But just because they faced adversity, did they quit? They kept doing the work. You know, here here's something that I'm realizing um, and that I've been taught. Um, obviously, I've had um, and I still have great teachers and my own parents and another faithful men and women. But one thing that they're teaching me and that I'm learning through their teaching in the scripture is adversity and problems are just never going to stop. But one thing that should never stop for you is how hard you work. That should never stop. That should never stop. And so one thing that you should be afraid of, you should be afraid of when you when you lose the motivation. That's when you should start being afraid. So Nehemiah and Daniel, they didn't let anything anything hinder them, even though it was the last dance for them. So my encouragement as we as we keep going through, don't let anything hinder you, even though this might be this might be it. You know, this might be the last dance. So your motivation, number one, I, as we study this, I think that's the first thing. If you're in that state or if that would if that would happen to you, your motivation for why you do what you do, it would be test. I think that's the first thing. All right. So before we keep moving forward, uh, you can support the podcast. You can go to anchor dot fm slash when the scriptures become real and you can support the podcast there obviously the podcast will always be free um, but as you uh, support the podcast uh, we would love that and we're just so thankful for everybody that supports and, and we're, we're grateful uh, for you guys doing that also as well um, i've also started a a new business um, if you need help with paying certain bills if, if you need uh, you know cheaper rates on certain bills i can help you with that and i would love uh, to help you with that. So you can visit www.jordanpugh.acnibo.com and you can check that out or you can uh, send me a, a, a DM or anything if you need help with that as well. All right, so moving forward, this is this is it, man. This is the last dance. So number one, your motivation will be tested. I mean, it's no, there's no question about that. It will be tested. Then number two, if this is the last dance, if this is it, no matter what happens at your place of employment, school, no matter what happens, no matter the good you do, no matter the success that you have, they're still going to blow it up. If this is the last dance, not only will your motivation be tested, but number two, I think it kind of goes along with number one, but then your attitude will be tested. So again, think about think about it from this, this standpoint, from this team. They've given literally their... The times with their family, they've given up blood, sweat, and tears. You know, they've given up their bodies. They've given up everything, and then all of a sudden, appreciate it, guys, but we, you know, you guys can think of other employment. How would that make you feel? Oh, and by the way, yeah, we're going to blow it up, but we want you guys to give us effort one more year, though. Think, Think about how would that make you feel? 
you know, I, wouldn't you feel used and, and not appreciated and and then in turn to get some type of revenge back? Wouldn't you? OK, that's how you feel. Well, I'm not going to give full effort. So, again, why would you want to give effort to people who don't want you to be there? Think about how hard that would have been for those guys, for those players. Think about how hard it would have been for for Daniel and Nehemiah. But here's the thing about it. Our attitude would be tested in that situation as well. Look at this. Let's look at a couple examples of Paul. And Paul shows, and we talked with, uh, with Ty about this in the last podcast a little bit, Paul's mindset and his attitude was something that we can learn from. And I want to look at a couple things that Paul mentioned here. Look at um, um, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And I want you guys to look at um, verses 23 through 25. Make sure that's the right one. Yeah, that's it. Colossians 3 verses 23 through 25. Okay, so remember the mindset that we're talking about, right? So why should I continue to give effort to those that don't want you here? Why should I continue to keep doing the right things when the conditions around me aren't right? Why should I continue to do the right things? Notice what Paul said his mindset was. And whatsoever you do. So what's included in that word whatsoever? It's anything. So does that word in verse 23, does that only include spiritual things or does that include everything? So guess what, guys? Yes, you know me as uh, I preach and I'm thankful to be able to preach full time. But there were times where I had to preach and work a few jobs. There were times where places of employment, I literally hated walking in there. Like I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. But what is what is what does Colossians 3.23 say? Whatsoever you do, does that include a job that you hate? Does that include things at school you don't like to do? Does that include things at work you don't like to do? Does that include things um, on your sports scene that you don't like to do? Does that include things at home that you don't like to do? Whatsoever you do, do it heartily. So think about it. Sometimes we let um, other people determine how we work. But Paul says no matter what happens around you, whatever you find to do, do it with everything that you've got. Do it heartily. So my parents would always teach me, especially at those jobs that I literally just, I loathed it, man. I, I just really, I really didn't, like, I just didn't want to go in. I really didn't. But they always told me, you're not working for that boss, that boss, this boss. You're working for the Lord. So you have to, you have to give everything to that. Even work that you don't want to do, whatever you do, do it heartily. But notice what the text says, as to the Lord. So think about this. If you're a Christian, when you're in worship, don't you give your, or shouldn't you give your whole heart to God in worship? Shouldn't you give your whole heart as you, as you teach people and as you help people and as you encourage people and as you go to worship and as you go to youth events and college events, shouldn't you give your whole heart to that? 
So then notice what Paul is saying here. So then things that you don't like to do, give your whole heart to that too. Do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Well, why should I do that? Knowing that of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive that wrong, which he hath done. And there is no respect to persons. So now notice what Paul is saying here. Don't be concerned with who's doing you wrong right now. You be concerned with your attitude of how you're working. So many times, and I find, I found myself in this too. So many times we're concerned with how other people are treating us rather than how we and how our attitude is in the situation. Because if you understand verse 25, you understand if you've been done wrong, notice there's no respect to persons. If they've done wrong, they will receive it. So why should I sit here and worry about it? What I should be worrying about, what you should be worrying about is working hard and doing what we're supposed to do. You notice how Paul, and that's that's the thing I love about Paul and his writings. Paul always puts it right down your street. He kind of refocuses you. Why are you, why are you worrying about what, what everybody else is doing? And think about, think about the, this message for the church here. The church was persecuted at this time. So notice the excuse that they could have made. Why should we keep working for the Lord? Why should we keep praying for these people in government? Why should we keep praying for Nero, for all these people when they're literally persecuting us? Why should we keep doing that, Paul? Why should we keep living the right way? Because God said so. If that's not enough for you, then you'll keep doing whatever you want to do. But if, if that's enough for you, God said so, no matter what the situation is, or what's been done to you, because God said, I should still treat them this way, you'll do it. And that's the mindset Paul had. I'll still do it. So then look at this. Look at uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, and here's another mindset that Paul had, talking about his attitude was tested. Look at verses 11 and 12. In Philippians 4, he says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. That whatsoever, there's that word again, y'all. Paul used it twice in Philippians and here. What's included in whatsoever? Anything. But what did Paul say before that? I had to learn it. So in whatsoever state I find myself in, therewith to be content. Jeez, sometimes we can find ourselves in states because of what's happening around us. We can let those things determine how my attitude needs to be moving forward. And sometimes what that can do is if you let certain job situations, if you let certain people, if you let certain things uh, dictate your, um, your attitude, not only will you find yourself treating those things wrong, but then anybody else that you come in contact with, you'll naturally start treating them a little bit off too. Because you haven't learned yet in whatever state you're in to be consistent. That's a tough thing to do. And I'm still learning that as well. Whatever state you find yourself in, just to be consistent, to be content. Because Paul said in verse 12, now I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Sometimes that's what we need to learn again. Whether I'm abased, I'm okay. 
if I'm abounding, I'm okay. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed to be full and to be hungry, how to both abound, but how also to suffer need. So wasn't Paul, wasn't he in prison a lot? And what do we find Paul doing in prison? We find him literally writing books, singing, and saving souls in prison. So notice he said, everywhere that I find myself, I've learned. So sometimes, guys, as we grow up and as we learn to grow and mature, that's a part of it. I know there's some things in your life right now that you don't have, that you don't, uh, that you want, but it's not happening for you. That's that's okay. But you know what you can use this time to do? You can use this time to learn to be, to abound, but also to be a base. And no matter what state you are, this is a, this is actually a learning opportunity. And Ty brought this up in the last podcast. Instead of using every situation to say, well, this is the Lord doing this. This is the Lord doing this. Why don't you just use the situation like Paul did and say, maybe this is a learning opportunity. Now, just because it's a learning opportunity doesn't mean that the opportunity is easy and that, that it's going to be a, a fun journey. No, <laughs> it's not. It's not fun sometimes, but maybe it's supposed to help you out and to help me mature. So here's the thing. Here's the thing that Paul teaches us. If this is the last dance, not only will your motivation be tested, but your attitude will be tested. Here's the thing about the, the right attitude as we close this point, guys. The right attitude in life as you go through things, the right attitude doesn't just happen, guys. You know, it doesn't just it doesn't just click one day like, oh, I have the right attitude now. Like, it, that's not how it works. Paul tells us there in Philippians 4, the right attitude is cultivated. It's you have to cultivate the right attitude. It has to be cultivated in your mind because Paul wouldn't have said, I have learned it if he didn't purposely try to cultivate this mindset on his own. So sometimes what we can do, we can find ourselves waiting for people and waiting for situations to change. Then now I can be happy again. Now I can be this again. Now I can be joyful again because the situation changed. The person changed. Now I can change. See, you'll always, you'll be just like that person in James. You'll always be double-minded and your life goes as situations and people in your life go. Uh, that's, that's tiring. And that's not a life that you guys should want for yourself. But instead of living and basing your attitude on situations around you and basing attitude on people around you, why don't you just learn that no matter what people or situations do, you still be consistent maybe in order to start seeing some change our attitude needs to change first right this is the last dance so your motivation will be tested then your attitude will be tested then here's the last one as we go through if this is the state that you would find yourself in then your faith will be tested so again understanding so think about it from the jump, from the beginning of the year, they said it's over. Wherever you are, hey, you're done. So you've got one more year left. You're done after this. 
knowing that this would be your last dance, imagine the worry and the anxiety that that would bring. Imagine how much focus you would lose because you're always worried about, I'm not going to be here. What am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? I don't imagine you couldn't focus on what's in front of you. So imagine, and here's the thing about it. If you don't know about the Bulls that year, that last dance year, they won the championship again, three times in a row, number six, Michael six championship. So think about the, the extreme focus it would have taken on all those guys, on all those coaches, knowing, knowing that they weren't going to be together next year, but knowing let's do this. We have a job to do. So think about for us, how could you focus on what's in front of you when you always worry about where you need to be right now? So think about Hebrews 11.1. 1. Right now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? The evidence of things not seen. You know, here's, here's one example I want to go to. Uh, go to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. And here's a great example of faith being tested. Genesis 12 verses 1 through 3. The text says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curses thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So, think about what God told Abram to do. God said, hey, just go. So, did God tell him where to go? The text says, just go. So think about think about the test that that was for Abram. And it's not like Abram was a single man. Abram, Abram had Sarai. You're uprooting a family. So think about how hard it would be to just get up from a comfortable place of your father's house and just start walking. You, you just, you don't know. So here's, here's what, um, through, through studying the Bible, this is what I'm learning from, from Scripture. This is what I'm finding out. Sometimes following faith doesn't make sense. I think sometimes for us, we won't do something unless something um, makes sense logically. So if, if something in my life and in your life doesn't make sense logically, then we won't do it. But think about what God asked Abram to do here in chapter 12. Does this make sense logically to get up from your house, from a place of comfort, from people that you know, and just walk? That makes no sense logically. But faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. You know, faith is just, faith is literally just doing, doing whatever the thing is and hoping in the Lord because he said it. So think about think about later on when Abram had Isaac, right? Does it make sense logically to kill the one son that you've been waiting for for 25 years? Does that make sense logically? Because what did God say? From him, he will make, you know, obviously he's a promised son, but through that son, you're going to you're going to be a great nation. So logically, if I kill him, I can't have the promise. So why would I kill him? That doesn't make sense logically, does it? But faith 
even though stuff doesn't make sense, faith just does it. You know, and sometimes, guys, what we can do, because God wants you today to do something that doesn't make sense. Now, remember, we're not talking about your own personal thing. We're talking about from the word of God. Sometimes that means you might have to you might have to do stuff that you've never done before. You know, you might have to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. You might have to do some different things that you've never done before. But sometimes we can hold ourselves back from great blessings because it doesn't make sense. So we won't do it. You know, why leave my father's house and why just go? You know, that's a tough thing to do. But here's one more thing I want to mention about our faith being tested. Again, going back to Hebrews 11.1. In order to get through situations that seem hard and that seem illogical, like Genesis 12, there has to be a hope within you that motivates you that even though this just makes not a lick of sense, everything's going to be okay. Look at this. Look at First Peter chapter 1. And for sake of time, we can't go, but if you're studying, just look up that word hope. And look up how many times it shows up in Hebrews, 1 Peter, uh, Corinthians. Look how much it shows up everywhere. There's a hope that we have. And again, even in Hebrews chapter 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? Hope and faith literally go hand in hand. But look at this last example here. 1 Peter 1 and verse 13. This is why we need to do exactly what Peter just said here. If this is the last dance for you, if this is it, Not only will your motivation be tested, your attitude be tested, and your faith be tested. So how am I supposed to get through that? Verse 13, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and what's the next word? And hope. Hope to the end for grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So in order to have faith, in order to have hope to motivate that faith, what must my mind and what must your mind be for God? And what must it be in any situation? Your mind has to be girded and your mind has to be sober. Because if your mind's not girded and sober, You'll always be like that double-minded man that James talks about. And your emotions go as the people and the situations around you go. And you'll always feel, what's the word? You almost feel like you're in this in this boat. And you just, you're literally, you almost feel like in your life you don't have control. Because you're so, you're so, uh, you're so guided by everything and everybody else. If that's you, I encourage you today, please try to get out of that mindset. Take the mindset that Paul had in Philippians 4 and use what happens around you to learn to be content and be a better person and learn to be consistent like the father was and like the father is. Remember that 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 podcast that I did with, with Sam a few weeks ago, God's love, right? Hasn't that always been consistent? What what the things that go on in our lives, the Lord is just trying to make us like him. 
And what is that? Consistent. Consistent. So for you today, is this the last dance? Is this the last dance? I hope for you it's not. I really do. I really do. I hope it's not the last dance for you. But what if it is? I know that if this is the last dance for you, I know all these things have been and are being tested for you. But keep doing the right thing. And the thing about the last dance was at the end of that documentary, the Bulls won. So even though all the adversity around you is just collapsing on you, you can still come out victorious. But again, we have to pass all of these tests. So I hope that as we study the scripture, go back and go back and, and, and look at this and listen to it again and, and write these scriptures down. And maybe this can help you and maybe help someone else around you. So I'm so thankful for you guys. Uh, I love studying this and love preparing for this today. Um, again, uh, it's Monday. I think we may have another podcast this week. I'm not sure, but uh, we'll see if we have another guest on this week. But Again, I'm just so thankful for what you guys do and your support for the podcast and uh, keep liking and keep sharing. And and as we study and grow together and keep building the uh, the family that we have here, uh, that we can help one another to keep growing and keep developing in Christ. Appreciate you guys. If I don't see you later on this week, I'll definitely see you on Monday, Lord willing. Thanks, guys.